We are back. Good evening. Oi, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm well, thank you. Hope you're well. So sorry, I'm just on the move, but I'm happy to speak. Great. I hope whatever you're doing, you're taking very good care of yourself today. <laughs> well, Sidi, you know that. Um, that's a, Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. That's my short answer to your very complex question. <laughs> I, I, Welcome, I mean, thank you, thank you. I mean, this is one of the reasons why people enjoy coming to the to the picture because we always have these very interesting and very enjoyable questions to ask. I promise it's not it's not entirely complex. We're going to have fun and we're going to just break out the conversation of um what you're doing the space yeah. that you're trying to impact and the journey that you've you you and how far you've come in this journey yeah absolutely exciting to have this conversation especially with you Sidi. um we have to big up Sidi massively he's like such an awesome person and inspiring always giving his time and supporting and he's definitely been like a a great mentor to me and he's really helped me over the last month or so um so shout out to you cd yeah shout out to you cd 
they're doing amazing i mean shout out to everyone on the call that is allowing me to me and esther and all of our guests to disturb them on a week-to-week basis so listen only one of the things that we try to do here on the pitch from africa is that sometimes we have a high number of people that register for our programs and uh mostly most times they take their time to join our call so if you have if you notice we normally try to give people um you know a bit of a leeway so they can be able to join the call especially people who are joining live but again this podcast is produced and distributed after the conversation you will receive um, a distribution link and people will normally get to listen to this conversation so if you're listening to us um you're just listening to us speak to the amazing oi at the bio um thank you for listening thank you for being here if you're joining us live wherever you're joining from we are grateful for your presence thank you for being here today we have an amazing amazing leader who is bold enough uh rather even say crazy enough to think she can add one million black women into tech um oi tell us is that not a crazy thought <laughs> it's not crazy at all it's just scratching the surface <laughs> why is it not crazy um okay so in the uk alone is 1.6 black women um in in um nigeria there's 120 million women and you know we know that women in nigeria are black women right so um that in total 121.6 million women in just two countries across the whole world now i don't want to go into the depth of how many black black women there are in the world um but like that is like insane in itself so um that's why it's not crazy i'll tell i'll tell i'll tell you why i will tell you why it's crazy it's 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 it is crazy because crazy is good um we're currently living in 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 a world where the status quo is what is sane so people like yourself doing something amazing is crazy for me and and we're all crazy we like to think at the Petrum africa every one of us is crazy but here's a here's a question for you <laughs> here's a question for you CD. right okay um esther esther what, what did you say do you want to i said cd you just picked the words out of my mouth crazy is good but now when you see everybody on Petrum africa here we're all crazy it kind of like sits differently <laughs> but, you're talking, but i get it and and i think that's a very remarkable and remarkable way to look at it. it it has to be crazy for it to make such an impact that we're expecting it to do i mean it's, it has to be that crazy so yeah i mean thank you for being crazy on glad to have you here so 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 oi Oh, here's here's a here's a direct question for you, right? I'm not even going to beat around the bush. You set out yeah. to, to 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 bring on board one million black women into tech. Yeah. What makes you what makes you so convicted that one million black women wants to get into tech in the first place? Yeah. I mean, thank you for the question. I think the first thing for me really is about the way our our world is going. Like there is. I don't know if you if you haven't seen then maybe you're under the rock <laughs> respectfully um but the, there is a massive technological revolution happening right in front of us and the thing is in previous revolutions that we've seen in our world um yeah in previous revolutions that we've seen in our world like you know um we found that like there are underrepresented groups not acknowledged or Um, somehow part of building those revolutions and it's the people at the core of building those revolutions that are able to benefit that's number one and so whether we like it or not um if you you know all human beings are actually going to be 
become technologists, whether they like it or not. And that doesn't mean that everyone's going to become a coder. It just means that everyone is going to have to deal with some sort of technology in their day-to-day life. It's already happening. Um, and so for me, it's really important that black women are left behind. But here's the thing. Often, often we talk about black women um, not being left behind. Often we use this um, we, we, we use this as a form of advocacy, but mostly these advocacy or these statements are only used for political correctness, but the work behind it is not really being done. So what is making your work at NEO different from everybody else uh, else's mantra and their push? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, you know, like um, Jeff Be- Bezos, when he first started his company, he said he wanted to be the everything store. That's what he said. Now that sounds like crazy, like, whoa, the everything store, that's mad. For me, it's actually building like a world where black women, every black woman on the planet is equipped to be able to build the world's most meaningful products. So just imagine a world where maybe it was a black woman that was behind Twitter or a black woman was behind Tesla or or behind Amazon. I think um, it changes the game and it, it changes the conversations that we have today. Um, you know, a lot of our conversations are about, as you mentioned, political correctness and also philanthropy. <laughs> you know, when when people build, we have more commercial and serious conversations rather than philanthropical conversations. And so that's why um, I actually think that um, black women are, are you know, it's really important for, for us to take this approach. Yeah, but, but but here's the thing. Being in tech doesn't require you to it, it doesn't it doesn't require you necessarily to be technical, right? No. Right. So so I'm just piggyback uh, I'm just going to piggyback with a question on, on, on the scenarios that you you, you 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 highlighted. You talked about um, how cool it was well it could be if Twitter was led by a black woman uh-huh. how cool it would be if um, you know Tesla was uh, a black woman was behind Tesla but we do have we do have black women playing a major role in the tech industry behind the scenes uh-huh. so is it that the representation of black women is the problem because there are already exist black, there are already an existence of black women in those in those in those companies. Not enough. It's not enough. Um, How much is enough? Okay, so in the UK alone, less than two percent of um, the tech industry is made up of black women. Okay, and so for me, that is not enough um, because. I mentioned that there's 1.6 million black women in the UK, and out of those 1.6 million, you know, I've done my calculations, about 200,000 black women are in the UK alone. Now, I, I, let me not even begin to go into other countries, right? And so, the thing about empowering black women to not just be, it's not just about like role modeling, which is, I think, which is a really important thing. It's, it's also about, um, about like, representations at all levels right you know in FTSE 100 companies it's really difficult to find um women let's not even start with black women in 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 c-suite positions and i think the kind of problem is layered to be honest not just a you know it's not just a one-dimensional problem it's actually a layered problem um and so yeah it's you know behind the scenes yes but also i think it's it's um about people actually visibly building but also it's not just about token visible building it's actually about like a like a a plethora of people building this stuff together but 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 again here's a controversial so again i love i love i I just trust you i trust you (laughs) city so here's a here's a question um the way you the the thing the scenario that is being painted is almost as if that there is um, some sort of like a barrier to entry for black women 
um, to get yeah. into tech. I would like you to speak a little bit more on those barriers and why they exist in the first place. Okay. okay so one of the barriers is that when we look at the foundation of our education system and the foundations of how we get we get nurtured, right? The things are changing. Like we 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 get told that you know you're a woman. I think you be you be good to be a nurse. You be good to be a um, you know. Um, and not that there's anything bad with being a nurse. I think we need nurses. You'll be good to be a teacher. You'll be good to do this. You do that. But what you find is that there's not many, many encouragement for people to become computer scientists, right? Even the way you actually look at history, a lot of like the world's innovations, black women were behind it. We don't hear about them enough. Um, and so that's number one. I think it's, it starts foundationally in terms of the encouragement of. Um, of black women to go into or young girls to be honest to go into like you know find passions and like learning those those skills and going and doing degrees um in things like computer science or or science-based kind of stuff that's number one i think number two there's also like a like there's like a, a um because we've now made an industry where it's full of one type of person in the sense of like there's like white it's only white males right um you know there is a culture that that is already now created in those spaces and that culture um can be a barrier in itself can be intimidating to to, to women um and that that culture also you know um acts as a a barrier for people to kind of like enter so for us we're on a mission to smash that glass ceiling whether it's at a career level or at, or like a found you know founders level But you, you know, often, 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 when, and I do, I do recognize that there are structural issues that are stopping, um, you know, access not only for black women but for black people in general um, to certain level or to certain uh, places. But then, someone else will argue that these opportunities the world is much more liberal now these opportunities are available they are open but just not enough black women are taking up these chances so um, the chance to be educated in tech for instance because uh, um, either from a foundational level they've been thought not to think about tech at all or they're just not confident enough to 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 work how would you speak to 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 that argument I think, um, I think confidence. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, Oye, please, before you answer that question, i just like to add this so you can answer it at once. The category, the age group of women that you're catering to, that's the ladies that, you're, that your um, business is serving. What are their age groups? That's these women. That's Thank you. Yeah, okay, great. I'll answer this, this question and I'll come on to your question as well. Um, the first, first um, question, I think definitely confidence. I think in, in a lot of the work that we do, we find that we can give them the hard and technical skill, right? But imposter syndrome confidence is like a massive barrier. And we live in a capitalist world that that is, you know, very, very like about you showing showcasing what you can do and, and not playing yourself small and being able to share the vision that you have for yourself. I was speaking in fact I was at a graduation ceremony, speaking to one of the students who just had such big dreams. Um herself and I and you know it's about how we kind of articulate that and you know know that we don't need to play play dumb and play ourselves down um I think it's going to take a while for us to um I guess is, is the word unravel is to, to unravel that and women themselves have to take ownership of that first and then also get the support that they need by getting mentors um getting people to really kind of support them now from a foundational level about encouraging um young girls to get into into tech it is changing now i think there's a lot of like initiatives now to like encourage young girls to get into tech i mean i'm really pr- like there's one there's one of my mentees i'm really proud of her name is victoria she's like she decided that she wanted to start start learning to code um front-end development at the age of eight or something like that now she's literally a front-end developer she's starting her, her own her own online school um at 14 right and she's like doing all these things and it's like 
it shows you and she was you know and the reason why she felt like she wanted she had the confidence to do that was because she saw me as a role model doing all these great things and she wants to do she also wants us to do that so i think that role model piece is more powerful than we think um and so yeah that's that's an example to answer your question um about like what age group do we cater for so formally we cater at the moment for people above the age of 19 because for us it's about how do we actually accelerate people to get into the world of tech um you know um we've done work in the past we've done a lot of like engagement activity with young girls in schools so we did a project um some time ago to encourage you know about 600 um young black girls in birmingham to get into cyber security for example um so but however our, our main like focus is about um 18 plus um so yeah uh, so, so here's here is um again i'm not trying to be a pain i promise but <laughs> it's okay. there's not enough there's not enough there's not enough female um lawyers there's not enough female entrepreneurs that is not enough female um accountants and now we're talking about not enough um female techies um when will when would the world ever get to the level of um, equilibrium wherein we have enough? So, um, I mean, the, the UN um, recently released um, um, a stat to say that due to the issues of COVID, it's going to take us 300 years before we reach gender equity. I think, um, and actually, like, um, our world has about 55% um, women, but it's, that's not represented in our workforce. I think the point where we can reach that kind of like um, equitable society is when we now have more women occupying those senior and strategic level places. I mean, me and you said we've had lots of conversations about stakeholders and whatever. Um, actually, when key stakeholders are representative of our society, that's when we will see equity, right? And you know, true equity in our society. Um, and that's why, like, you know, organisations like like mine, right, is doing whatever we can to ensure that we can get as many black women as from zero to c-suite so you notice i've not said cto because for us it's about empowering black women to get into tech and also high impact industries um but tech underpinning those industries Mm, okay Uh, so it's 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 quite interesting so i know your story and and one of the reasons why I'm forcing the conversation in this dynamics is because I'm about to pivot this entire conversation, right? I'm about mm-hmm. to pivot it, pivot it to the continent of itself, right? The backbone of black yeah. people. Um, looking mm-hmm. at Africa as a continent, we're still struggling yeah. with um, mm-hmm. we're still struggling with a lot of things when it comes to tech. We don't have the infrastructure that is ready. We don't have. We have uh, a, petri- uh, a very patriarchal um, um, community environment. There's patriarchy all all around the place. We have we have um, structural intense barrier that stop women from even accessing land. Not to talk about getting into tech. What do you think the future is? for African women looking to get into tech with with all of this playing around and playing and fighting against them when amazing people like you who are trying to get more black women into tech are not predominantly focusing on the continent. What would you say? Yeah, so like for me, it's about black women everywhere, you know, um, you know, um, and the thing is, what the chan- what we will find is that the black women everywhere that we're talking about would be, um, you know, you would see them, um, you would see them actually trace their roots back to Africa or the Caribbean, right? Um, I was actually having a conversation today, and with another, you know, um, individual, and this person happens to be a Neo team member. They were talking about Nigeria, for example. You know, which is an African country, um, and like what I what I um I realize is that you know you can you can help Africans 
and Caribbeans everywhere and you always go back to the continent because there's this common goal to want to better where we've come from you know um and so although we started off in the UK we actually have big vision like we have a vision to um to kind of expand into Nigeria we, you know our go-to-market strategy over the next year or two is to expand into African countries with Nigeria and you know, Abidjan and then Ghana and Kenya and different parts of Africa um and so I understand the kind of game of Maslow's hierarchy of needs you know and also property rights but I think it's about it goes back down to that kind of empowerment people being empowered about their value and not attaching their value to just um, a currency like money but attaching their value to what they can bring to the table and so that's why a lot of what we, what we do is actually a mindset because once someone fixes their once someone gets a different mindset they make, it makes them unstoppable right so I think that the, the problem that Africa has is not necessarily a resource problem you know in economics we call it a resource curse you know the Dutch disease or whatever you want to call it right um, the problem that we have is a mindset problem and so once we're able to actually, you know, change that, we're actually able, unstoppable. And so my key focus right at the moment is 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 on that, whilst also, you know, giving people the skills that they need to thrive. I mean, we always talk about mindset. We always say Africa has a mindset issue. Um, global leaders, whoever it is, every one of us talk about Africa having a mindset issue. And uh, we talk about changing the mindset. How do we change the mindset? Because you're talking about changing the worldview of someone who has maybe been trained to think a certain way yep. for the last 20, 30 years of their lives. And then you want to shift <laughs> that worldview within, the fir- within five years. So... What exactly do we mean when we say mindset change? And how do we change that mindset? This is one of my biggest problems, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and I think it's what, what's going to stop a lot of people. Um, how do we change mindset? We change mindset um, by um, really starting off with casting a vision about where we want to go. Where do we want to go? What's the vision for my life? If I had, if money wasn't an issue, what do I want to do, right? And work backwards from there. You know, I can say I said to someone the other day. I said to them that I'm not, I'm not rich because I have, I have money. I'm rich because I have a wealth of ideas inside of me. That's what, that's what makes me rich. And so, when you attach your value to what you can bring to the world and the wealth inside of you, it changes everything um now active steps it's actually about our language to ourselves every day it's about how we um approach situations um it's your responses you know it's it's so many like there's so many there's so much like internal work that comes with that um so yeah but but i it is, is, it is, is it not easy to have a vision to look at the future when you're not um, fighting for survival, the day-to-day survival? <laughs> I'm literally repeating the same conversation I had with someone just like 10 minutes ago. Um, it's easier said than done, don't get me wrong. Um, to be honest with you, easier said than done. Um, however, um, Someone said to me the other day, um, they said to me, you've got a big vision. Your your vision is just going to attract money. Once you see, once you have a, a bundled mindset, it just changes, changes everything, right? Because everything comes to you. I'm sure, again, Sidi, I'm sure you know this already, right? But like, it comes, it will come. It's just about timing, right? But I think that we're so, so hung up on on um, the, the kind of like day-to-day, on the everyday, um, we need to survive and worried about that. And I think when you're less worried and you're just, you're just all about creating creating meaningful things, it comes to you. Do you think that Elon, 
Elon said, said a, you know, Elon Musk said to, to himself that I want to create SpaceX because I want to be able to, you know, go to Mars anytime I want, or whatever he kind of, however he came to it. Um, and money, and then he, got, and then someone said, you know what, that makes sense. We'll give you a billion dollars. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's about that audacious thing, and I think that, I think that, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just push back a little bit because yeah. here's, a, here's a trick, and I think, you, I think you probably have that trick, and I think it will benefit everyone of us on the call, but also people that are listening to the live podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you build a mindset, an abundance mindset, in the midst of poverty? Yeah. How do you ha- have a long-term vision when your daily goal is just for you to have food to eat? That's the- how do you how do you maximize wealth yeah. when you have access to a bank to a bank account? Yeah. How do you have a thriving business idea and receive funding of up to a billion dollar when even a big business that is doing well mm-hmm. will not have that funding. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the problem. You mentioned about um, I can't remember one of the, the statements that you mentioned. Um, you said something like, "How do I?" Um, you know, don't don't get me wrong. I believe in the in the kind of idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. However, I believe more strongly in property rights. In economics, there's something called property rights. And in, in economics, property rights is, is when a human being, and I'm not just talking about property as in land, I'm talking about, like, property. <laughs> like, your property. Like, your what's, what's yours, right? Once you understand what is yours, it, it's, it changes so much. Like, and I think that a lot of Black people, Africans, we have an entitlement mentality, and we have such a survival mentality about eating. Like, sounds really crazy. Sounds this sounds so so crazy. I, I, um, it's probably easier said than easier for me to say this because maybe you could say I'm in a privileged situation, right? But um, I can, um, I may not, I may not have money. And I can eat. I may not be able to find out about how I, I would eat, but I would eventually find find out how I would eat eventually. Because I have the mindset that I can how I would eat. Does that make sense? It just changes so much. And I've learned this so so much from my parents. Well, we've had nothing to eat. But we've all we all we all knew that we were going to eat eventually. Like there's times where my mom we were relying on food banks. But we were having the, the best time of our lives because we were figuring out how we were gonna eat. <laughs> you know. And we did it in a way that wasn't allowing us to think about, you know, um, it wasn't about this is our this is our permanent situation. We knew that this was temporary because we knew that we were unstoppable. When you speak to my siblings, it's not just me. And again, this is not even about me. This is about how do we getting black women into tech? I'm guessing. But anyway, um, but I but I guess this is actually majority of our problem. Um, you speak to my siblings; they have like they have this approach as well. You speak to like my cousin they have this approach as well and so it's about like taking your mind out of that um and doing things because you, you just think it's cool right um i met the founder of ethereum Vitalik, um it was two years ago and i just got talking to him and he didn't care about money and you could say again he's privileged but genuinely didn't care about money like he literally decided that he wanted to build this cool cool thing um because he wanted to change the way um central like he didn't like the way like um things were being done um in in like bitcoin he wanted to create some something more decentralized with more access and that's his mission and so pick what your vision is and that, that vision would eventually feed you um and it, it, it might not happen straight away it, it's it's gonna take time um but also, if if surviving in the, in the short term is a problem, then like find a way like to kind of get like I I, I speak to people in Africa at the moment, so I, you know I, I'm I'm based in the UK, so I might not be able to kind of share you know lived experiences because I moved to the UK at a younger age. But like 
there are ways where you live in a globalized society there are ways where you can use your skills for for you know for an ex- a short-term exchange let's say you're good at writing put yourself on fiverr you know as a writer um and you can make money in the meantime whilst you focus on that big vision. So that's just my that's just my my approach to this stuff. And 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 uh, and we're talking about we're talking about um, a population or a segment of the population that has Access the highest and- number of um, I, I wouldn't say uneducated um, um, people. To I mean in education in this in this sense um being able to read and write right um but let, let us let us come back to the work that you're doing at new yeah when so as i listen to you talk and i've i've had the privilege to look at the journey that you've you've you, you've been through at new tell us at what point in time because new started off as a, a you, you started your journey as a hairstylist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about that journey and tell us how you get into tech and uh, tell us about um, where you are now in the journey building you and what's the future like for you? Um, so, um, Neo started um, when I was... The, 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 I'll say the journey has been brewing um for um for like a good a good amount of years now um probably from the age of seven to be honest um where like i'll get asked questions what do you want to do i just my response used to be i want to change the world i didn't know what that meant at the time and i started to get language for what changing the world really meant back then um and like the, even the hairstyling thing was like an accident um, yeah, it was an accident. I, um, you know, um, moved to the UK at the age of 13. And um, when I moved to the UK, my mom um, would pay us, pay like lots of money, like hundreds of pounds for me and my sister to get our hair done. And so I said, Do you know what, mom? I remember, you know, Auntie so and so, her name was Auntie Kudi, um, you know, used to teach, used to, um, do this and I remember watching her and I remember knowing how to do it so let me start doing my sister and my sister's hair so I started doing me and my sister's hair and I grew my clientele from just like just two of us to um to about a thousand women or so by the age of like 18 um and as I was having conversations so I have different conversations with different women um there was something that, that they just all had in common and I think it was just all like People wanted better for themselves. People not just wanted to survive. People wanted to be empowered. Um, and at the same time, I was also studying economics and I was running a lot of women stuff projects then. So I did a, um, a project with, um, with sex workers um, in Nottingham where we got them to create um, um, body scrubs and face scrubs out of recycled coffee grounds, for example. Um, so like I learned so much and I also was doing a lot of hardcore research and in my research I realized that you know number one the community that I built had people with low skilled employment but number two um the kind of predictions of the economy is that we're going to have technological revolutions um and the world is going to change and so uh, are we going to continue to be victims of our society or are we going to be producers and so that's when I decided that do you know what tech is the way forward and so it's beyond upskilling black women to get into tech. That's the starting point. That's the foundation. Um, our bootcamp brand is the foundation. It's the training ground to get black women into tech. We we really want to disrupt the world. We want to be, you know, like a virgin. We want to be like a Google. Um, we want to enable every black woman on this planet to build meaningful products. So what does that mean? Once you get trained at Neo Bootcamps, maybe you start up your own um, company, um, you know, or you can you can come and build something in Neo Hair and Beauty, which exists today, or build something um, in one of our other brands that will spin out eventually. And so, so that's literally the dream. That's the focus. So, so up up to up until when would you? 
um, um, move to what what is your what is what is your 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 target uh, your year target to get into that one million one million black women city you just took the question right out of my mouth because i was waiting for my turn right um okay so why i'm gonna add to that um Oin, thank you very much for the great work that you I'm, apologies. Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, my apologies. Um, I got a call come through. Sorry. Um, sorry. If there was a question, please repeat yourself. I'm going to repeat the question. Yeah. I'm going to help you repeat the yeah, question. So, but before I do that, I was saying thank you for the work that you're doing, no and thank you for the passion with which you you do the work that you're doing. And so, um, City asked the question that I have been um, juggling in my head. Do you have a benchmark? Is this at 2030? Are you planning to hit this number at 2030? And just to be curious, how far gone are you in this? Um, are you on the number? Are you close to 500,000 at this moment? And then another key question, um, at what point would you say that you have actually um, hit the mark? Is it by helping these girls and women get into tech or is it by helping them build something sustainable through tech? Or is it by them building unicorns, yeah. right, that are tech-based? What exactly is the benchmark for, for, for you? The yeah, thank you. So um, I think the call came in when I was um, answering that question. So for us, one million in the next five years, we're audacious about it. Um, how far have we gone? Um, there's about 7,000 women in our community right now that has been impacted one way or the other, but we've been very focused on upskilling 600 black women. We're on track. It's a definite on track because we have contract signed to upskill an extra 180. So that's 780 this year. However, the model that we were working with before is not going to get us to 1 million. So we're pivoting, we're not pivoting, innovating to get to kind of get that. And how have we been able to do that? We've been able to do that focusing a lot on training um as i mentioned so we've done a lot of training stuff training black women to become software engineers data analysts and actually people to become founders we've had about 30 founders who've started their own tech tech and um, businesses um we um yeah so founders and um and, and so on and so forth. That's kind of like what the focus is really. But the thing is the execution of that is gonna look different. Now, Amazon started off to say, they saw the vision and they said, I want to be an everything store. We want to be a conglomerate, a group of companies that that has black women at the center of building high impact industries and high impact um, products, right? And so, that means we need to be able to have somewhere to do that so that's where our hair and beauty business comes in that's where um you know our like our other brands that would eventually spin out literally i had an idea for agriculture the other day and so like there's so much that we can do you know but the the, the foundation of it is embedded in our training um so just see as someone told me the other day that you have a venture like a very strange venture studio idea um I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't relegate us to a venture studio. I think it's too small. Um so yeah, that's that's where we that's what, what we are. Okay, um I think that's very impressive as well. Um but do you have a cap on the age group? I know you had said from nineteen and above. Do you take older women in their forties, fifties, sixties? We have no cap. The cap is at age. Interesting. There's absolutely no cap. Okay. So <laughs> Um, I'm very curious yeah. to know um, how does it work? How does it work? And, and I mean this in some. I'm not in the UK, mm-hmm. so I believe this is these are for UK um, African women, right? So at the moment, so at the moment, um, sorry, I'll let you finish your questions. Yeah, I'm just checking. If these are for um, UK residents who are African, or this opportunity that your your company brings open to um africans across the world is it just for the for uk residents that's the first one and the second one is basically centered around something cd mentioned earlier so you talked about the mindset for someone like me um when we talk about tech i'm not really interested in coding i know that there's a 
um, there's a non-coding aspect of tech and there are other aspects in tech. Yeah. But how do you, do you actually have women who are interested in this or you have to put that interest in them, you sell the interest to them? How, because not every woman, you know, is wired or has, especially with age, if you have women who are in their 50s, may not be necessarily thinking about coding just a few geniuses here and there so how do you how do you onboard these people how do you get them to the point where they see the value in this regardless of their age jump on it and see through and then go on this journey along with you i'm really curious to know this yeah thank you um yeah thank you um so as as, as i mentioned right now in terms of if you can if you try to access our bootcamp services for example you have to be in the uk but that's changing soon so right now is the time to really tap into into us we're going global and what that looks like our, our strategy is uk and africa next so um it's to truly dominate those two areas um and how do people find out so make sure that you're following neo group and neo boot camps those two those two areas if you're interested in getting into tech um, if you if you like the idea of hair and beauty and you want to consume hair and beauty products, go on neoharandbeauty.com and you literally you know can see a plethora of stuff. Hi, Arius. Arius is is here. Arius um, is one of our product designers at Neo. So hi, hi. He's like such a key supporter. <laughs> um, and yeah, so so that's there. I think you don't have to be. I actually did a video. And every time I, people ask me this question. Because um, I get this question quite a lot. I did a whole YouTube video about pathways into tech, and I'm going to post it on here um, for anyone interested to watch, watch, watch it further. Um, and actually, tech is so dynamic. You know, you can be creative and be in tech. You can be incredibly analytical and be in tech. You can be like you can be a different different types of people and be in tech. It's just about finding what part works for you um and yeah so um for example a creative person can do what Arius does you know a product designer role um in a company because you're you're for creating every day um and you can be you can you can go into marketing you can go into different types of marketing in tech and so um you don't have to do the hardcore coding i think more people think that they need that that they want to get into um about tech they straight away think about coding and that's not true i think there's many ways in fact i i don't code so i'm and i'm in tech so anyone can be in it as long as you understand yourself understand your strengths and you can um maximize on those now that you put it this way you got me interested <laughs> i just want to do tech as a also um, thank you so much, Oye. Um, I also want to ask one final question from me. In fact, two final questions. Now, it won't be finally though, at two, would it? Um, okay, so I'll ask two questions. The first is centered around um, the journey yeah. for these women, right? Do you get them jobs? Do you, you train them to get into jobs? Or you train them to build their businesses? or you train him to be a freelancer like now you mentioned Darius who just joined us and talked about his role as a creative who wants to get into tech and a female entrepreneur how would you what would be the pathway for that and how long does it take on this journey with your your company yeah so um if you want to become a like okay let's say for example you you make a decision today and we're again we're innovating this but make a decision today that you want to become a data analyst yeah whether however you make that decision i don't you know we don't know today right you apply for a boot camp you you go through a 16 week intensive (laughs) program and then um once you go through that 16 weeks intensive program um we support you to get a job with some of our partner employers so we partner up with companies like we just partner up with the um, the Competition Market Authority in the UK, Goldman Sachs, KPMG, really big corporates to place people. In fact, some of the ladies graduated today that, that now work at Goldman Sachs. 
and one of the ladies was telling me I earn like three times my salary that I used to earn and obviously I don't know what that is but that, that's really good like and and they're juniors still and so we help them to get into the roles in in the industry um so that's kind of what it is today however we are innovating that process because we realize just like you Esther you know everyone gets tech 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 and they think oh yeah let me just get into it and immediately people think coding so they go into coding and so um actually Aries is actually part of the team that's that's helping to kind of build this um where we are building this ed- learn to earn edtech platform where you come on this on the platform you go and attend events understand what's going on in this ecosystem you do some short courses and you be, you're able to build you almost kind of like ne- we call it neo coins um to be able to understand and it acts like a data point but also you can earn as you go along and eventually that data will show you what type of t- um, person that you are and then you um um yeah you you then kind of then apply for a boot camp so that gives you more of a, like a really really in-depth understanding of the type of person that you are before you kind of take that plunge mm-hmm. i think that's very intentional and that's very that's very well thought out but another thing and this is not to sound like um city um, <laughs> okay. to in all for in, in, to be very practical you know most people or most women i want to say women who are jumping into tech are jumping into it because they know that that's a cash cow yeah. as the, the migration especially in nigeria yeah. right um no sense no disrespect that's the reason yeah. and that's not enough motivation to 100%. have people jump on something for the money yes, yes it's good but it's not sustainable yes. um because it, it's a process yes i agree it's a process yeah. right? and it, it takes time so 16 weeks 16 whole weeks to learn yes. and then i mean after the learning process there are other things i need to do to be able to get the job and are there ready made jobs for these people i mean i know that partnerships are yeah. there ready made jobs or are they encouraged also to probably start their own businesses or is just strictly to place them in Nine to five. As I mentioned, there's different pathways. There's a founder's path pathway if you want to get into like you know to become to run your own um, business. There's also there's, there's a, a career pathway as well. Okay. And there's in the, within the career pathway, it depends on it depends on our sponsorships um, at the moment. It depends on like so. For example, our Goldman Sachs pathway was pretty much secured a job as long as you pass the boot camp. <laughs> Now, if you don't pass the boot camp, there's no job for you. um so unfortunately um because we actually help you we help you because what we don't want to do is enable just you know it's free for you to just do you I know and so so what it's in what we do we do have a pathway set for people like um we have partnerships with a pathway set but you have to put in the work to 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 kind of yeah, yeah. and so So for you know for example I was actually speaking to someone that Sidi introduced me to the other day and she was telling me about you know she knows this lady who applied for Goldman Sachs and she believes that this lady is the best lady she's ever met but she didn't get into Goldman Sachs because, and and she was convinced that the reason why this lady didn't get into Goldman Sachs was because of bias so we act as that complete barrier like I don't think that that Goldman Sachs would have been able to get that talent without our support right and so we act as that kind of mm. um we break those barriers um essentially fantastic thank you oin and the final question for me will be you mentioned that you at the age of 13 or 14 i guess yeah. you were relocated to the uk yeah. and um as a young teenage nigerian and and everything changed since then what would be like city city actually focused a lot on someone who is actually struggling in nigeria or in a remote part of africa to eat and hear someone is saying you can get into tech and all of this are these things are, are these things free is this free that's one one question and the other tiny question would be what would be your word out there to one nigerian or one african lady who really really wants to change her future 
who really believes that she wants to do tech but doesn't know how to do it and doesn't feel that she has what it takes to go from point A to point B. If you were sitting in that one room with this person, what would be, how would you get her to a place where she has the confidence to move from where she is to where she wants to be beyond what your company has to offer her? What would be the what would what would that conversation be like? Because I believe that there are many talents in Africa. There are many talents, dozens of talents in Africa, and opportunities are not are not so accessible, right? And this opportunity that your company brings to the fore is is changing the game for the way things are. But not everybody too will have access to this opportunity. Not everybody can also do 16 weeks. Not everybody can actually go through the whole journey. So I'm just saying, if I were that girl, what would you tell me? And then I asked if it's free, right? If the whole process and the whole journey is free. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we're very, very intentional about making sure that all barriers are removed, right? As much as we can. We it, we don't call it free. We call it fully funded <laughs> because you want, because somebody's paying for it. Um, so yes, it's fully funded which means it's technically free, <laughs> but somebody's paying for it. <laughs> somebody's paying for it. So yeah, we, we give these opportunities um, fully funded, right? Um, however, we, we do have plans for like a B2C element because for us to provide that for free or fully funded, there are some benchmarks around that. And then not everybody's going to qualify for those scholarships or fully funded opportunities. So if you want, if you want to take this seriously, you can actually pay in the future. And you can still pay now too, right? Um, how do we help people to get from zero to from where they are today to where they, you know, they, they you know, they, they can go um, to kind of their, their dream self? It's it's it's, it's a two way street. I think if you had spoken to me five years ago, I would have been like, I'm gonna do whatever it takes, and I will still do whatever it takes as long as the other person is willing to do whatever it takes too. Um, and I think the reason why I'm speaking this language is because we have to give power back to the to the people that the that the power is for, right? And so um, I think that um, we work on the mindset and we kind of work on the mindset as, as much as the person would want to take, like you know, to to, to go on that mindset mindset shift. Um, and we're always we we always have an open door, but also we you know we want you to show up you know show up <laughs> you know just that's the least you do show up and show up well you know um and we want to we prepare you to know how to show up because the thing is we well you know th- this room is for africans right the way you're con- gonna talk to an african is completely different from the way you're going to talk to a, a european a british person the way you show up in an African conversation, I mean, I, I say this to some people in my team, I say to them, that is not okay. That works in an African context, but that does not work in a global context. So we teach, we, we, we equip people to know how to show up in a global context. Now, that doesn't mean you lose yourself. One of my mentors said something to me once, you're a car, but you can be a green car in this context, and you can be a red car in this context. How do you make sure that you're, you're adaptable? and you make it easy for people to be able to buy into you um so yeah that's how we i hope that answers your question yeah it does it does well enough it does um um before i hand over to steady um i just want to say if anyone here has a question it's so important that you take the opportunity to ask Owen. right it's so important that you just put out the comment if you don't want to come up put it in the chat we can read it out for her or please request to come up and we'll give you the stage as we're bringing this platform to a close today we want to take questions for Oni and Oni finally um you know I've said finally two times I'm Nigerian forgive me <laughs> we say finally okay so um just to find out do you are you open to new partnerships um Will that be useful for you? If are you open to partnerships? That's one more partnerships because I think I may have some. I may be able to put in a good word for you and the work that you're doing in collaboration with organizations that sit 
that their, their, their goals align with yours. And that's and the last thing that I would want to ask again would be um, when you do become global, because now you're serving the UK community, when you do become global, please let Peach Room Africa be the first to know because I'm very sure that there are people in our community that will want to um, benefit from the beautiful work that you're doing at Neo Group. Um, thank you so much, Oni. I'm going to be handing over to City. Hey, City. Yeah. <laughs> Just to answer your question, we are always open for the right partnerships, definitely. So open to having conversations with the right partners. And okay. of course, Pitch Room Africa, as long as City is in my life, I told City, City, yeah.